Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kamara Education Island podcast. My name is James Ockwood and I'm joined as ever by Ornar Mulhern. Today we're going to carry on talking about finishing up the year and also prepping for next year. So last week's episode we looked at maybe the more student side of things, what are ways we can end the year well and that technology can add into that, looking at things like digital yearbooks, sharing videos and photos and those sort of things. And so if those things are of interest, please do go back and listen to that. Today, we're going to be talking more from a staff point of view and from a management point of view. What are some of the things that we should be looking to get done and to do before the school year ends? And also, how can we look forward into September and prep things to be in place so that we can start the year really well, whatever that might mean? And we're going to be obviously looking at it, as always, from the tech side of things and how those things can work together. So Warner, I've never had the pleasure of being a teacher in a whole year. I've only ever gone in for sort of classes at a time and things like that. So coming to the end of the school year, what sort of things are you looking to do with your digital resources, with your the tech in the classroom? What sort of things are you putting in place now? Yeah, thanks, James. Yeah, it's a busy time of year for sure for teachers, but I think it is worthwhile looking at best practice for moving on from this year in terms of tech and prepping for next year. So on a very simple level, James, obviously this year has been so tech focused with remote teaching and learning. And I think that as a result, teachers will have prepared will have prepared a lot of online and tech-based resources for students. And also students will have submitted a lot of work online. So for teachers, for their own resources, I would say, make sure that the, all of those templates are saved. So it might be a case that if people are using an online drive of some sort, that they are organizing that drive and putting them into appropriate folders. Like as, as I may have mentioned in other episodes, my own background is Irish teaching. So it might be a good chance for someone like myself to say, right, I prepped all of these resources when I was remote teaching and learning for grammar and now I'm just going to rejig them and make sure that they're in the appropriate folders for past tense, present tense, prepositions, whatever it might be. Similarly, it might be a good time to look at what sort of resources the students prepped and hopefully they did submit some sort of tech-based resources. They might be videos or there might be sound clips or it might be photos of work that they took. Um, I know there's been amazing work showcased, for example, students kind of doing science experiments at home and things like that. So it, it's a good chance even if not right before the end of the school year, even maybe even in the week after um, the school year ends, that teachers can look at the work that the students have submitted and, and save that as they plan for future years. So say, you know, students did this amazing little science experiment at home, you know, they had got food coloring and celery sticks and they were showing how the water was absorbed by the celery, for example, took photos, submitted via Seesaw or Google Classroom or Microsoft Teams or, or a different platform. And then the, the teachers can then use that as examples for incoming students next year. What I'd also say just in terms of those platforms that I mentioned, it's nice to kind of start with a clean slate next year. So I would say to kind of archive any of those classes or those teams that would be that would be live at the moment. So even if you know you're going to be teaching the same students, I would say a plan for next year that you'll be starting with a clean slate. So it could be a new Microsoft team with the same students, a new Google Classroom with the same students, a new little class set up on Seesaw or or, um, any other platform like that. So to prevent any confusion for the students coming in, just have a way think about possibly archiving classes so that you still have access to the same resources, but the students won't necessarily be accessing the same resources. Or indeed to think about if you do want the students to access those same resources next year, but maybe you don't want to post work in that same Microsoft team or Google Classroom or that. So just 
there's different options and how to do these things on the different platforms and different languages used archive or put into history and that sort of thing but i would say aim to start with a clean slate for next september yeah i think all of those things make a lot of sense and i guess it might take more time than it has done in previous years because there is so much more content that's been made, especially maybe in students. Now, it shouldn't take too much longer because the systems are built to allow you to do that quite easily, but it might be that it requires a bit more thinking and planning in terms of where you're going to put things, how you're going to archive things than maybe in previous years if things weren't uploaded or if not as much content was made. So we'd encourage teachers and staff teams as a whole to maybe realize that they might need to put a bit more time into that that's it james and i think it's important to mention on that point that if there is any any time available for example any crow park hours still available that that time is allocated to teachers that they can use it in their own you know that they're given an hour um over the course of a certain week for example say look you've got that time to to um to spend instead of for example using it for a staff meeting and that the obligation on teachers is still there to organize their their tech resources so if possible for management to recognize that 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 um obligation is on teachers to have a look at their tech resources so that the best setup for next year i think would be the best thing yeah obviously we don't know exactly what september is going to look like and so i think the best plans that we can put in place both in the classroom but also online and in whatever digital classroom environment you may be using um, has to make sense moving forward. Over the summer, I know a lot of teachers sign up for various sort of courses. And the exciting news that we can uh, put on this podcast is that we will be running uh, one of these courses this summer. So I want to tell us a little bit about what teachers can expect if they sign up um, and how to get in touch with us to do that. Yeah, so James, yourself and myself will be running a summer course the first week of July. It's the first week of the summer holidays for primary uh, schools, for primary teachers. So it's the week of the 5th to the 9th of July. It will be a video-based summer course. It will be live delivery. And we'll be looking at using digital technologies in schools and specifically using the Google Workspace for Education platform and the Google Computer Science platform, which is called CS First. So we're looking forward to really interactive sessions over the course of the week. We'll be looking at all the various different Google apps, such as Google Jamboard, Google Forms, Google Classroom very much lots of opportunities for teachers to ask questions to come to us with questions that may have arisen over the school year is suitable for primary teachers suitable certainly for post-primary teachers although i know these summer courses aren't as heavily attended by post-primary teachers and definitely suitable for school management and school leaders at both levels as well so what we'll do is in the show notes i think we'll post our, our email addresses and people can contact us about that there is limited space on those courses and indeed on that course that we're running so contact us if you're interested in attending that's the week of the 5th of july but it would really set teachers up nicely for next year in that they'd be able to maybe have a look like i said at any queries that they might have any sort of areas of that that they might still have questions about or apps that they may not be sure about they've heard other people using but they're they haven't used themselves so any kind of overhanging questions from this year and like that it's first week of july so they'll have a good bit of time to take a break obviously over the summer but also just have a little think about what might work best for them based on the the students that they might have next year the levels that they might have next year and that that should be starting the end of august kind of uh, with a bang yeah, that's great so all the information about how to sign up will be in the description of the episode so feel free to get in touch with us for more information it's great we are able to do this again we we missed out last year we were there a couple of years ago in person uh, this one will be online of course which will be great but it gives teachers hopefully a real opportunity to 
refresh those ideas, but also to ask, as you said, really contextually appropriate questions about what you're struggling with in the classroom or your school is. And it would be great to have you there. So please do get in touch as on a said limited space. Absolutely, James. And I think what's really important is that idea of the network and building your own professional network as well. So not only can questions be asked of yourself and myself, but also we're looking forward to teachers working together and, and finding solutions together and hearing what's worked well in, in certain schools, kind of having that virtual staff room approach as well. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to that week. Yeah, we had a great mix of primary, secondary and principals as well and stuff in from both levels last time. So um, it is appropriate for anyone. So do get in touch for more information if, about that. And so we've looked briefly there about what teachers can do coming to the end of the year and looking ahead to next year. So we're just going to talk about a couple of things now that maybe school management, the principals, whoever's in charge of admin, IT, that sort of thing, maybe things that they could ask and put into place in the next coming weeks to end the school year well. The first thing that we would recommend perhaps is that you ask your staff, what do they need the time for? As we've already talked about, maybe archiving of resources, but also what are their priorities? What are they struggled with over this last year? Because it's been a year where we've been using technology in a completely different way to previous years and September will be different again. But it's important to have a whole staff conversation. And so there's lots of things you might talk about. So Orna, if you were a principal, uh, we've had this hypothetical before. Um, I'm not sure if it's something you want to do, but if you're a principal, what are some of the things you would be looking to ask and what are some of the things you'd be looking to put into place over the coming weeks? Yeah, James, I'm waiting for that call any day now, I think. So like you said, I think it's really important to ask teachers what what it is that they are looking for support in. So what I'm talking about, James, is maybe looking forward to next year and principals are presumably planning maybe um, teacher CPD sessions, technology-based at times saying, well, what is it that teachers want to focus on? But I think a really, really important question to ask there is why. So not just what, because often what happens when you ask the what is teachers will mention something that they've heard other people say, and they might feel, I don't know anything about that, so I better learn about it. But to be able to rationalize why it is that they want to learn, for example, about how to create videos or sound clips or podcasts, for example, say, but what's the relevance for your students, for our students in our school? And then hopefully we'll be able to identify a trend within the school, say, okay, so our real areas of focus are, for example, making videos because students have reached a certain level of digital skills and now making videos ties in really nicely with the requirements for the history, the language curriculum, the maths curriculum, whatever it might be, but just have that rationalization. And then once you have that reason why, it's also really easy to get staff on board or it's easier to get other staff on board who may not be completely sold on whatever the topic might be. So like you said, James, ask your staff and ask them why as well. I also think a really interesting one, James, is method of delivery. So obviously we're still in COVID times, we're still restricted and, you know, none of us know what September will look like or even what next January will look like, for example. But we are hearing from teachers that online CPD might be a particular area of interest for them, that they're, that they're happy to continue with online CPD. I, I just think it's important to ask your ask the question. So we as an organization are asking that in general to teachers when we design our own training. But within schools, I think for individual principals, I think it's uh, and school leaders, I think it's an important question to say, like, look, would you like us to be more focused online or is the in-person delivery really important? And 
you know, we we have to take in, into account COVID restrictions, obviously, but if the demand is there for more in-person training, that should be accounted for as hopefully restrictions ease throughout the school year. Yeah, I imagine that's a conversation that not just teachers, but all areas of work are having about how much things can go online, how much there's a hybrid environment, obviously for teachers, the delivery will hopefully happen in person continually in terms of in the classroom with students. But when it comes to training and CPD, there's obviously the potential that both could have benefits. And so as part of that, we have developed a little survey that we would love people to fill out. There'll be a link to that in the description as well. It's also been emailed out to our mailing list if you get that and we'll be putting up on social media. We'd love to hear what teachers and schools think are good models and methods of delivering CPD. Are people looking for in-person because they've missed it? Are they looking for online because of the ease of access? Perhaps are they looking for different topics now than they may have been doing 18 months ago? So please do take the time. It was only a five, 10 minute survey and it would be really helpful for us as we look to develop our training over the year ahead. I think worth mentioning as well is I think you're dead right that like all workers are having conversations. What are we going to do in person? What are we going to do online? Um, I think schools are slightly unique in that they've been so, so focused to be in person all the time. You know, it's not teaching isn't traditionally a job that you sit at a desk in front of a computer. Absolutely. It's not, you know, and for schools and for teachers and um, for school leaders, I think it's been such a huge shift to this online world. And therefore, I think it's it's almost a a bigger and more important and more interesting conversation among the education community to see, like, is there a real inclination to go back to what was being done? And really, the the vast majority of CPD was being delivered in person and in teacher training or in um, education centres around the country, whereas obviously in the last 12, 14 months, it's been delivered online. And it's potentially such a huge culture shift that it would be really interesting to see on a micro level within a school and on a macro level in general in the country, where is the balance to be struck there between the online delivery and the in-person delivery? There's pros and cons to both, obviously, um, but definitely worth talking about in some sort of detail. But yeah, that survey that we've linked, um, we will be very grateful for any sort of feedback on that as we're designing our own projects for the coming school year as well. And I, I think even with that as well, there's clearly some positives from remote teaching and learning that can be taken forward. And we've talked about this um, in one of the first episodes where we looked at blended learning. And so if you're looking for some ideas, those things are still relevant, even though we've moved on a little bit in terms of restriction easing and things like that. And I think that it would be a waste for teachers not to begin the conversation now, one that may be better had in August, September, when we know the lay of the land. But what can we take that we've learned from the last year and use it? So whether that's having more content available before lessons or after lessons, assessment online, submitting things online, whole host of different things. And so we'd really encourage you to have that conversation in your staff room so that you can see what's worked for you best, what hasn't worked and take those things forward and adapt them as needed. Yeah, absolutely. And like that you mentioned there, James, like make resources available before a class. And what a lot of teachers have found really beneficial is kind of recording short videos for, for, te- for students and are interested in doing more of that. And again, like as school leaders, if that is an approach that seems to be working in a school and, and teachers are interested in doing more of that, possibly appropriate time needs to be given for teachers in the coming school year to to make those resources and again that might go back to co-park hours it may not but it's it's worth hearing you know 
what has worked and what, what do we want to keep doing that is very different to what we were doing 18 months ago and being able to plan accordingly because obviously like I know school leaders are planning now for you know a huge amount of the coming school year so to, to be I suppose for that planning to be informed by their staff's needs and, and um, input uh, there's, I, I think there's more kind of practical things to look at as well at this t- stage of the school year, just in terms of like of tech platforms and, and making sure that no more than we said that individual teachers should have things maybe as tidy as possible and as organized as possible for next school year, but also that that's looked at from a school leader point of view. So even things like making sure that there's nobody's classrooms or drives are being deleted unintentionally, that may be written in a policy. And I think it is something that should be written in digital policies to say that you know at the end of a school year we ask teachers to do x y and z and that is potentially to archive classes and to uh, store templates or whatever in a certain way but similarly that school leaders and ict coordinators will not delete people's files or um and and sometimes that's done totally unintentionally but it's just i think worthwhile having it written down to make sure that the instructions are there for people but Similarly, I think if there are teachers who will definitely be leaving the school for whatever reason, I think that, again, this should be written in policy as well. But I think there's um, there's an important discussion to be had about what's done with the resources that that teachers has used. So, for example, if, you know, if there's been loads of resources built for a certain class or a certain year group and that teacher is leaving, who owns those resources? Is it the teachers or is it the schools? If that's not written in a policy right now, that's a really hard conversation to have right now, but I think it's an important one to have within the school for general use, possibly worth and possibly possible to focus on at this stage of the school year. Yeah, it'd be a real shame if things were lost accidentally, especially with the, all the development that's happened over the last year. So again, I think important just to make sure you put a lot of the time to do that. And again, realize that maybe there might be more to do than in previous years. Again, the systems are set up usually to allow that to happen very easily, but it just might be that you need to give more time to think through where to put things and where things might happen, both on an individual teacher level, but also then on a school level. So we'd encourage you to have those conversations about all those different areas. As you've said in previous episodes, we are planning our projects and our trainings for the coming year. And if you would like to have any support, please do get in touch. We can book you in. Our calendars do fill up quite quickly. We have limited time to give to those trainings, but we would love to support you in whatever you're hoping to do. So please do get in touch. Our emails will be in the description of this episode, alongside the information about the summer course and links to that survey looking at CPD. If you have any other questions or things you'd like us to cover in the podcast, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you've got suggestions for any of the stuff we've covered in today's episode or previous episode, again, we'd love to share that with others so we can learn together. This episode will be going out in what will be the last week of uh, school for secondary school teachers. So we wish you all the best for the summer. We'll hopefully see you at some things over the summer and that we'll carry on with a couple more episodes over the next couple of weeks. So please do keep tuning in. Thanks, Rona, for chatting about these things as always. Thanks a million, James. It's been a pleasure. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time.